Hey, what's happening everybody? Welcome back to the Lucky Rants, welcome back to Anime Casuals. I am your host, Lucky, and today I wanted to bring up an, an anime for you guys. Um, oh man, uh, I started watching it, and I'll be real with you, it kind of had the generic anime vibe. And by the way, we're still going to be talking about Spice and Wolf Season 2 on Saturday, so if you guys want to get ready for that. I just started watching it, although I watched episode zero and i'm not actually sure uh you know I'm just, i'll look this up in the meantime um i'm not sure how many episodes are in the second season but you guys can check that out on funimation um so interestingly uh remember i was just talking yesterday about how uh on, on one of the reddit posts that funimation is moving over to crunchyroll um and i that makes sense uh mainly because i think crunchyroll i think it's easier to, for Funimation to go into Crunchyroll than Crunchyroll to go into Funimation because Funimation is good. Do not get me wrong, but uh, I think that Crunchyroll had it down. You know what I mean? Um, I just feel like Crunchyroll had it down. I also I wonder though is, um, you you know is uh, like do people who have Funimation get Crunchyroll? Uh, you know, I, I'm always a little confused uh, by that, you know, with, with, when when there's a merger like this happening. Um, but yeah, I, I do I do just wonder what's going to happen after this, because uh, is Funimation going to still keep still going to keep some stuff? Um, what's going to happen? Because I, I don't it's not that I I, I think Funimation was way worse. Uh, I, I remember it like watching stuff and uh the especially the app the app was atrocious I, for people that don't know i usually watch it on my ps4 or my my xbox and watching i mean it's just it was god awful man uh okay so i've brought up spice and wolf right here so it's episode 14 through 25 i did watch episode zero uh which actually funny enough gave me a really good recap while not actually being a recap episode so i was actually very very thankful of it um so yeah, not too bad. About ten or eleven episodes after this. So uh, looking forward to it. I, I I roughly remember what happened. I, I don't remember a lot of the details about last season in terms of the 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 deals being made and all that kind of stuff. But I remember roughly what happened. And mo mostly the the um, the uh, what would you say the, uh, the the emphasis is mostly on the, the their relationship. But anyway, um, one thing I wanted to talk about was uh, King's Raid. I just started watching King's Raid on Funimation. And basically, basically, what King's Raid is is it's a um, it's a it's an anime that focuses that that seems like I said it seems very very generic in the sense that here's the main character uh, he wants to never let anybody else die again because of some tragic backstory and he's going to go on uh, off on a journey to find his destiny right very generic and I will be honest with you that side of it is actually pretty generic. However, there's two stories being told at once that I really, really like. There's also another story about these dark elves, which, I mean, if anybody has ever seen a dark elf, or actually, I guess elves in general in, like, any RPG or anything like that, um, usually what happens with them is they are discriminated against. And <laughs> it, uh, it it doesn't change. It, it has not changed since then, right? Um, you know, it's still the same the same trope. However, I will say this, that being paired, right, being paired with um, this, uh, it, that being paired with the, the, gener the generic, uh, 
you know, hero story is actually a really interesting thing. I, you know what I, I ended up uh, realizing was was that I <laughs> I actually ended up realizing that uh, it was almost like a palate cleanser. I don't know if you guys have ever done this, uh, but uh, what what happened to me, me was. I, I started, um, I, I remember I used to do like, not eating competitions, I, I, I used to watch a lot of Men vs. Food, and one of the things that happened was, I, in order to, one of the things I learned from Men vs. Food was, he ends up doing this uh, eating challenge called the Kitchen Sink, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it, it's, from, it's in San Francisco, uh, and it's like a kitchen sink worth of ice cream that this guy's got to eat, and what he does is, uh, since the ice cream is becoming super unbearable to him right and he's getting very full what he does is instead he decides to end up uh ordering a plate of french fries like a full-on plate of french fries right and what's interesting about this is instead of thinking oh well i gotta put less on the plate i'll just put more on the plate right but i'll 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 fix it by making instead of sweet and savory i'll have something that's very salty and he added extra salt to it and I think that's what this anime does really well is it adds a little su- sweet and savory with the with the story of this hero, very generic story of a hero trying to achieve his destiny, and with the salty, which is these dark elves being uh, discriminated against. So it's almost like two main characters. I don't uh, Costle, and I don't remember what the the dark elf. Uh, uh, dark elf's name is um but it, it's a really good series uh go ahead and check it out it, it seems very generic at first but i do you do have to give it past the third episode to get the introduction of these these dark elves in there i think it actually maybe the second episode actually now that i'm thinking about it but uh yeah i, I was in i was interested in it because <clears throat> excuse me i was interested in it just because i wanted to kind of see another one of these anime where there is this inter- interesting story about um you know, I, I like that that kind of escapist reality kind of uh, thing where, you know, somebody goes on a journey and it's very JRPG oriented, right? Where there is this uh, this hero who has to claim his destiny. I mean, it's, it's all cliche, but really good anime. I haven't finished it quite yet. The English dub is, uh, it's okay. It takes a little getting used to. There are a couple of um, side characters that I'm not super in love with their voices, but, you know, it's pretty good for the most part. So you can check that out on Funimation. Um, and yeah, let's go over to the anime, uh, anime subreddit and check out some of these, um, some of these, uh, these posts over here. Uh, so this was an interesting, I mean, usually we talk about like, we, we list off stuff during, uh, our casual discussions, but I thought this would be a good precursor to maybe a casual discussion. By the way, our casual discussion next week is going to be on female male i'm oh, sorry female male role models sorry female role models uh we did male role models not last week but the week before that uh we're going to be talking about female role models just because we want to keep everything equal here uh <laughs> and uh yeah let's go ahead and get into this list this person brings up most villain like anime protagonists um so they actually bring us a list. So so who amongst them is the most villain-like anime protagonist? Uh, you guys already know a couple of these. You guys knew they were going to be on this list. Uh, Light Yagami, Lelouch, Tanya from, I'm assuming, Tanya Saga of Evil. Uh, Alucard, uh, I'm assuming, wait, was that from Castlevania? Einzel Gon, um, and, huh, okay. So Ken Kaneki, I don't actually know who that is. And then Aaron Yeager. 
Uh, I'm going to avoid some spoilers from, from there here on out. So I'm not going to really bring up um, anything else from it. Uh, oh, King Kaneki, to Tokyo Ghoul. I, 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 I don't know if I told you guys, I've never watched that. Um, but uh, let me see here. I don't know. I, I feel like out of all of these, uh, I kind of think like Yagami fits the bill a lot more than any of the other ones. Like each, each other person kind of had really, I don't, I don't know what you'd say. Like uh, they, they had really good intentions. But you got me. I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like uh, for the most part, um, he's a little like uh, he kind of got the god syndrome, where it's like I am a god, and I feel like that's a little bit more in the in the sense of what they're talking about here. Um, but uh, oh, Einzel Gone's a pretty good one as well. Obviously from uh, Overlord. If you guys haven't watched that, very good isekai. Um, uh, let me think here. Uh, Aaron's a pretty good one. Okay, so somebody mentions Light as well. Uh, okay, so for Ainz, I just think he 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 meets the stereotypical villain trope. It's just, I, I don't think he's... I, the one thing that I think you have to take into account when you're talking about villains is motivations. What are their motivations towards uh, doing these things towards the main character, towards a, a certain group of people? Um, and I don't, hmm, I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't really know if, because I, I, if you guys don't remember in Overlord, he has this uh, thing that makes him think like a, it makes him think like a lit, uh, lit, I, I actually don't know how to say it, L-I-C-H-T, lit or whatever it is. Um, so he, he, he thinks like his character would, which his character is a, uh, a, a villain. So he starts thinking like a villain to a certain degree. Right. Um, but there are moments where he is very good to the people around him. Whereas light, I feel like he's pretty messed up to people around him. Like, you know, I mean, obviously the Shinigami is the one who's giving him the power, so he can't really be messed up to him. But yeah, I, I just don't see. Yeah, I, I just don't see any of these other people being like super hard antagonist. So yeah, I would I would give it to Light, um, Lelouch. Uh, I, actually, I don't want to spoil too much uh, from that from uh, uh, Code Geass, but uh, Lelouch, I just feel like his, even though he has uh, some of those tendencies, ultimately he he has a really good heart. So anyway, let's go over to the next post here. It says top seven most overrated anime. Uh, this per is this the same person? It is the same person. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, uh, minor is follow. Oh, this person is as follows: Fairy Tale, Sword Art Online, Pokemon, One Punch Man, Tokyo Ghoul, Angel Beats, and Seven Deadly Sins. Um, so okay, I don't know. I, I feel like Fairy Tale has had its its reputation thrown in the mud and just like stomped. Uh, but in terms of being overrated, I, I would agree with that. Um, Sword Art Online, I would agree with that. Pokemon, I, I guess. I, I'll be real with you. I, I know there are some people who, once they get into the storyline, really, really enjoy it. So I'm not gonna, yeah, I don't know exactly what to say with that. Uh, in terms of One Punch Man, I guess, I guess, I guess. I, I wonder if this person saw the second season and thought that, or like what, what happened with that. Tokyo Ghoul, I suppose so. I never watched it. And then Angel Beats, never watched it either. Either I've heard pretty good things about it. Um, and The Seven Deadly Sins. I would actually put that one at number one. 
because the way they took that series, uh, or the the uh, direction they took that series was abysmal. I, I'm I'm really I like I, I I don't know if you guys saw our casual discussion on that. I was absolutely um, pissed off about the way that they ended up. Um, the, the the way that they ended up bringing that it was a- absolutely stupid man it was one of the stupidest things that i'd ever seen um and i just couldn't believe that uh i i, I just couldn't believe that they they took such a good premise and and dr- just ran it into the ground um oh my god i Yeah. So, okay. And the reason why I, I totally agree with Sword Art Online is just because I feel like they have been grasping at straws for a while. They've been trying to, um, Michael actually mentioned this. So if you guys remember, I did a, I did a review on Aria of, uh, Aria, what is it? Aria of the Night or something like that? Some stupid name like that. Um, and it was just a retelling of, uh, not, not exactly a retelling. It was more of a pre- prequel to what happened in Sword Art Online the, the first season, right? Um, and the biggest, and I've always said this, the biggest problem that, I, that Sword Art Online ever did, or the biggest problem that it made for itself, was getting out of Einsgrad. Getting out of the first part, okay? Um, they get out of Einsgrad way too fast. They should have been telling a humongous story about Einsgrad. Like, what is there, like a hundred floors? There should have been like okay, okay, hold on. Let me, let me not let me not say. There, I was about to say there should be a season for each floor. That's a hundred seasons. No, we're not gonna we're not gonna one piece this. Um, but what what I was gonna say is they should have um really really took in their time with each part of this because it was really really good until they got out of Einsgrad. Once they got out of Einsgrad, if, if you guys don't know what Einsgrad is, it's the first uh. It's like when you when you hear about Sword Art Online, it's that world that they're all trapped in, and they end up uh, getting uh, if they if they die in there, then they die in real life. That's that's all that is Einsgrad, and it's really it really annoyed me, uh, like you know seeing this. Uh, I don't know. It really annoyed me just seeing that because. Are seeing that they get out of there so quick. By the way, a little bit of a spoiler if you guys haven't watched it, but they get out of Einsgrad in within the first twelve episodes. Really stupid idea because not only do the stakes go down, um, you're in another not really as good world with like fairies and and shit, and it it doesn't really get much better, right? Um, Sword Art Online season two, which which is the introduction of Gun Gale Online, does some okay stuff, but uh. The, the 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 state then they try and bring the stakes back right the, this guy named death gun shoots people and they actually die in real life um and then when you hear the story behind it it's really stupid so yeah at least for me i i'm really uh i, I get really really annoyed with with some of this stuff it's just really stupid um and they they they, they and the reason why i bring up aria of the night or aria of the dark or whatever the the hell the movie was um is because they're trying to re they're trying to do what i'm telling you right now they're trying to relive the einsgrad days which is what they should have they should have just built on that and built on it and built on it and built on it until the end of the series and then once they got out like cool nothing else or ovas or uh like like a boruto type thing where it's like okay we're just gonna fuck fuck up the series now and (laughs) we don't care what happens to the ip whatever um 
but yeah, well, I went on a really big rant about Sora Online. I really don't like, uh, yeah, it really annoys me. But anyway, let's go over to the next post here. It says, what anime was able to have good animation because of its simplistic art style? Anime like Nichijo, Mob Psycho 100, and Ranking of Kings doesn't count since Kyo Ani, uh, Studio Bones, and Wit Studio respectively can make anime with good animation even if the art style wasn't simplistic. I'm talking about anime whose sole reason for having good animation is the simplistic art style and whose studio isn't as talented as the aforementioned studios, but still pretty talented, mind you. Okay, I did not read the rest of that. Um, hmm. Um, somebody mentions Devilman Crybaby. I, I, I suppose so, but um, I think it was mostly trying to keep in line with the... Uh, because the 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 anime before actually they they don't okay actually no they do they do switch it up a little a little bit um and you know what actually Devilman Crybaby reminds me of is uh Sunny Boy Sunny Boy does have a very simplistic art style but I would imagine that it's because of the it, they're going for a very specific aesthetic um another one that I think kind of and by the way I don't know the studio so I'm I might get this wrong because maybe there are some big studios um. Another one that I'm kind of thinking of is Samurai Champloo. It, well, and I don't mean that it the animation is, is simplistic, but there is a certain fluidity in it that I think is only possible because of the way that it's animated, right? Um, if you guys have ever seen uh, the Boon... Wait, wait, hold on. What's it called? The Boondocks, right? Um, very similar animation style, I think, because the same people are behind that, if I'm not mistaken, um, or some of them are the same people. Um, but yeah, one of the things that you start to to notice in Samurai Champloo is a lot of the, you, you know how, uh, what is it, like Naruto, right? They, they, they say like never pause Naruto because uh, or, there are those YouTube videos where it's like never pause Naruto. And it's like this really weird scene where like it completely looks out of, out of character. Like it, it doesn't look like the same animation that they have. Whereas they they do during like the the, the regular parts. A, a good example would be a video game that has uh that like okay Final Fantasy X give give you a great example right um has very average graphics or uh, pretty good graphics I guess for the time right uh during the regular stuff and then they have these cinematic cutscenes that look crazy good but they're not for the rest of the game right um. That would be an example of it. Like during these fight scenes, they change up the animation style. Whereas in Samurai Champloo, they're very consistent with a similar animation style throughout. Uh, another example, uh, Black Clover did this. Uh, there's a fight in a, uh, one of the tournament arcs between Yuno and, and, and actually, I can't really say who the other person is, but it's basically during the finals of it. And it goes absolutely freaking nuts. Like it, I love it when anime does that, but it goes absolutely freaking nuts where the animation style changes completely. Whereas in Samurai Champloo, like I said, because it has this, I, I can't really put my finger on it. I'm not really a good, I'm not an artist or anything like that. But because of its art style, it doesn't change. And I think that that's so great because it, it, it I'm a big immersion guy. So once the immersion goes, I go. Like, it, it's very hard for me to stay uh, completely involved in it. Um, let me see if there's any other, oh, okay. There's not really too many comments on this. I, I would just say, hmm. I guess for the time, I would say maybe Mobile Suit Gundam. One of the things that it does really well is that it it, it changes from crazy mecha standoffs to uh, where it'll go inside the cockpit to get like a. You know what it reminds me of is is a. 
Oh, you know what? I wonder if Iron Man actually got this from uh, from them. But you know how in Iron Man, uh, they'll they'll show a scene where Robert Downey Jr. is inside the suit, right? He's inside the suit and he's talking, and like most likely it's him, like with a green screen, and he's he's talking from inside the suit. But they they get a close up of him inside the suit, right? Um, because they need to get like some type of visual on what he looks because he he has a mask on, obviously, right? Um, and also it's a little bit cheaper in production, right? I mean, that's not that hard to to do obviously you still need a lot of cgi guys but still it's not as difficult to do whereas him in uh the the view of him outside the suit uh it takes a lot more animation budget right i think that i never wow i never even brought that parallel before that is crazy i never i didn't even think about that but yeah that like in uh the first the very first gundam mobile suit gundam right with amaro ray there, there are these times where they will, they will end up shoot. You know, they'll have this big fight, and then they'll have eat like a character inside the cockpit just start talking, and you can see their emotion because obviously their mobile suits don't show emotion. It's not like Darling and the Franks where they show emotion on the the actual, uh, what would you say, like the the robot. Uh, so yeah, I, I man, I, I can't really think of too many other ones. But if you guys, if you guys have any, let me know. I'm sure there are a lot. And then we'll end off with this. I want to watch Bleach. Uh, then go ahead and watch it. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Let's go and read the post here. So I started watching Bleach about four months ago and made up, uh, made it to episode eight and dropped it. I started it. Uh, I started it from the start again two months later. I made it to episode twelve and dropped it. I really want to watch Bleach because I've heard it gets good after episode sixteen. But if I watch, but if I watch it, I'm wondering should I watch it from the start again or can I? Just continue where I left off. Which would be better? I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna be watching it in a two in a two months or so. In two months or so, uh, once I finish Shippuden. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, you don't have to go from the start because the thing about the the thing about the start is it's actually just warming you up to what is episode 16, by the way. Actually, let me let me see what the what the episodes are here uh, that they're talking about because I'm I'm trying to think about what episodes. Because uh, the first part of it is mostly just them showing off the, uh, mostly just them showing off, uh, hold on, let me look up Bleach, uh, Bleach, go to season one here, so, because the first part of it, uh, obviously, you know, all you need to know, it roughly, is that Rukia is from a place called Soul Society, um, and then, like, from one episode, yeah, one to episode eight, no, nothing crazy, um, one thing I'll say about Bleach is they do a really good job of introducing characters, and then it just freaking gets wrecked. It, it, like you, you, they introduce characters. Uh, Shippuden has a little bit of this problem as well. Um, but a lot of these characters, you're probably gonna want to know because they don't really do a very good job of recapping some of these characters. So uh, one to episode eight. Oh, they're all untitled episodes too. So yeah, this is mostly the school arc where they introduce you to the school, uh, some of the classmates that Ichigo has. And the problem is uh, that I will say is they drop these people like a ton of bricks, except for one. And I won't say exactly who you guys will know who I'm talking about. If you guys have read the most recent manga, uh, sorry, the, the last part of the manga. Um, but yeah, I'm not really seeing too much you gotta watch in in terms of this because uh, episode 16 uh we we've all watched bleach this is where uh uh Byaki, be what's his name Byakuya, right that's uh, that's uh rukia's brother's name um this is when he comes to try and to take uh rukia back um and yes this is definitely where it gets really really good so you know, there's not a lot you need to watch but this gives you the introduction to the high school people's powers 
but at the same time, they kind of expand upon them in the anime, or sorry, it, when they go to the Soul Society, when the Soul Society arc starts. So, not too much you really gotta remember. I think if anything, this is like the lighthearted introduction to Bleach. So, yeah, nothing too crazy. If if you wanted, you could probably start from episode sixteen, um, just as long as you know some some general facts about uh, Khan's abilities, right? He how he can uh, he can uh, get. Ichigo out of his uh it, sorry how he can get Ichigo into his uh soul what is it Shinigami form whatever it's called that kind of stuff um as long as you know about Ichigo's uh like weird dad and all that kind of stuff you should be fine I, I I don't really believe in in going all the way back to some of this stuff um but just make sure you're familiar with Ishida Ch- what are they Sato or Chad I, I they they call him Chad in the English dub uh, and then uh, Orihime as well. Uh, just make sure you have a rough uh, understanding of what they do and what their powers are and stuff. So uh, that should be fine. And really, still, you know, good thing that you're watching Bleach now because what is it coming out in October in Netflix. So whew, look forward to that. But anyway, guys, remember you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me you, or email us, you can email us at animecasuals with an S, real R-E-A-L at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget, we're going to be, ta- we're gonna be talking about uh, Spice and Wolf on Saturday, whatever, whatever day it is. <laughs> we're going to be talking about Spice and Wolf on Saturday. Uh, you can check it out on Funimation. I don't know if it's switched over to uh, to Crunchyroll yet. Let me check that out. Uh, nope, not yet. So um, definitely check it out on Funimation. And uh, yeah, but as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual. <laughs>